80 something percent of people are not satisfied. They have no passion towards what they do and they don't even like showing up. So if you want to make your first quarter million, get around people that are already making half a million or a million. Mm -hmm. They will cut your learning curve in half. They'll speed up the process. You could not even be smart and still make a quarter million because you're listening and respecting and talking to people that already make a million. How could you not make a million? And a lot of people are working so hard on external things. Like they're like, oh, the government, oh, the economy, oh, this, this, this. They're not working hard on themselves and they're not becoming more valuable. You're already a multimillionaire. What time are you getting up in the morning? 4.30. There's broke people getting up at seven. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's a restructuring right now in our economy and the middle class before our eyes is literally getting wiped out. We're yeah. seeing it. It's yep. like you're broke or you're rich. And I started realizing millionaires invest in four things and it's it's to a T, Ryan. I have never met a millionaire that has not invested in these four things. All right, we're back for another episode of the Wealth Away podcast where we want you to not go broke trying to get rich. Today, I got one of my good buddies. He is uh, a repeat guest. He's been on the show about a year and a half ago. I cannot believe it's been that it's long. Um, this guy wrote a best-selling book, Seven Rules to Seven Figures, that he was telling me he still makes five figures a month on just residually, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and he wrote it 10 years ago. And uh, he's been a good buddy of mine. He's helped out with just different things I've done. And, uh, you know, we just finished a dinner yesterday with some people. And uh, I got Peter Vug back. What's up, man? It's great to be here. I can't yeah. believe it's been a year and a half. I know. It's crazy, it's, uh, dude. Time flies, man. Yeah. So last time you were here, man... Uh, you, we were talking about quitting your 385,000 a year job. What, what, for people who didn't see that episode, what was that? Well, I just talked about my journey of <clears throat> really figuring myself out. And I was in a job that had some upside, but it was capped to where I was making about 385. I was 23, 24 years old. And anybody, most people making that at 23, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm making that kind of money. But I was, I was talking to someone last night about this and I was very fortunate. I had a millionaire mentor that I hired because if you want to be a millionaire, you should get around millionaires. But I had never even thought about making millions or becoming a millionaire. I'm from a super small town of 6,000 people. So we did the numbers and we were doing big numbers. We were doing millions plus and I was only making a certain percentage. So I literally sat with my mentor, Ryan, for an hour, hour and a half and he was doing all the numbers and he goes, they're undervaluing you. You're doing too much too much output. You have too much leverage and they're not paying you enough. What were you, a sales guy? Yeah, in yeah. direct sales. Yep. And I said, wait, but I'm making 400 and I've learned to leverage and delegate. So I was only working 15, 20 hours a week because I was learning how to uh, develop people and actually had a team. But he goes, you could make way more if you apply that to your own business. Yeah. And it totally transformed my mind because I might've just been stuck in that mode and made 385, 400 for like years. But instead of that, I shifted to becoming a business owner in my own business. And a couple of years later, I was hitting seven figures mm. uh, and doing bigger numbers. Yeah. So that's, that's why I switched is my magnitude of mission was growing and I was capped on my income. And the only way I could make more money was working a ton more hours. And you know, in, in real estate or investing, if you only make more money when you work more hours, you literally only have a high paying job. Yeah. So that's why I switched. Yeah, you got to learn to build a business that can make money while you sleep. For I mean, sure. it's like a, I don't know, a cliche saying, but it's so true. Like, and it's more true than ever now. Yeah, because even with uh, right now, like as my time becomes more and more limited, I'm like, man, dude, I can't do things like that uh, I used to be able to do that could definitely make me more money because it's like, it's just not scalable mm -hmm. or worth my time. And um, 
you know, I've built all these businesses and now like to go look at them every month on the PL. And I'm like, dang, True Books, my tax company made that much. Yeah. Like, I didn't like you have to work anything on that, you know? Like, but we've been building it for years and, you know, all that hard work and, you know, the videos and the building, it's all like now paying off. Yep. So there's a lot of times at the beginning with my businesses where there was legacy stuff I was doing and things that weren't making money right away. It took me eight months to a year to write six months to six figures. I was stressed out. I was frustrated, but I had to get my message out. It took me eight months to a year of making zero dollars and feeling like I was wasting my time in a sense because I was writing and I wasn't a good writer, but it's made me 10 grand a month <laughs> plus for literally like eight, eight years. That's crazy. Every month. <laughs> the Audible and, the, and the, the book sales. So I think everybody should at least be spending 20% of their time on like scaling and, and legacy focused things and the rest on profit producers. But like you said, you're spending all this time on the front end doing things that maybe don't make you money right now. But then you look in a year, you're like, oh my gosh, it's making seven figures. Mm. So it's, 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 you have to put in the work. And I think a lot of people think like trading time for money in entrepreneurship, there's a sacrifice stage where you don't make a lot of money. Right. Like if you make a thousand bucks an hour right now, Ryan, there was probably times where you making negative money an hour. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Me too. Oh, I got, you know, <laughs> when the real estate market took a little dip, there was, there was negative hours for sure. So people don't really, they're not wanting to go through that. They're like, I'd rather just be secure and, and trade my time for money and make my 20 bucks an hour. It's like, that's, that's a trap. Yeah. And you're not, you're not protected with these little robots going around now. <laughs> yeah. AI, yeah. These Chat AI GPT machines going to take your job. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It is wild. No, but I think, um, you know, one thing that I've really tried to do on this podcast and, and just in content is really help the W2 person who like has a desire to be an entrepreneur and spend more time with their family and, um, you know, not have a cap on what they make and give them the tools and resources to do that. Um, but one thing too, like I also think about is probably a lot of people who watch this are actually happy at their W2 and like they're fine with it and they're trying to figure out, okay, like I am going to stay at my W2. Like I am not fit to be an entrepreneur and start my own thing. Um, and I think they're trying to figure out like how they can just kind of do more on the side. For sure. Yeah. The, 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 here's, here's my counter to that though. When I've, when I've really dove into the stats and, and I try to get to the, the, the real facts of like what's happening right now, there's, I think, 80-something percent of people are not satisfied. They have no passion towards what they do and they don't even like showing up. Mm. So there's a majority of people that spend a majority of their life hating what they do with no passion. Right. And they wonder why they're stressed out or frustrated. So <clears throat> I would just be willing, if you are happy with your W-2, that's great. Make sure there's upside because I think the ultimate motivation in life is progress. So if you have a job that is capped, you might like it now, but trust me, as human beings, we're either growing or dying. So you're literally, if if it's the same thing, people always say, Ryan, there's right now, there's so many young entrepreneurs, 19, 20, 25, 26 in our communities, both our communities. Right, right. And they're making six figures a month. They're making millions. And I know people that are 40, 50, 60, that are loyal, hardworking people that are going broke or right. they're getting replaced. And that's the scary part. And they say, yeah, Peter, I don't know why I'm struggling. I have 20 years of experience. And the reality is you don't have 20 years if you're doing the same thing. Yeah. You have one year repeated 20 times. That's the problem. If you're not growing and innovating and investing in yourself and learning new skills, you only have one year repeated. So why would you expect more money if you're not becoming more valuable? Mm. Then they get stressed out. Yeah. So I tell people, yes, you can have a W-2, but everybody should experience 
trying to build a business on their own, like a side hustle. Yeah. Because going through the failure and going through the frustration, I feel like that builds your, your mental toughness and your character as well. Yeah. It did mine. I, I got all my, my mental fortitude from failing and struggling. Mm. And trying to figure it out and not figuring it out and not going back to the nine to five. I dropped out of business school. I was embarrassed forever, like to tell people, you dropped <laughs> out of school, you're a failure. But then I was like, I'm going to use this as fuel because my college professor was making 60 grand a year and he never ran a business. It's crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. How am I supposed to learn from him? It's crazy. So it's wild, man. It's a wild world we live in. Yeah. Well, I think. Um you know, one thing that resonated with uh, what you had said at my event. So you spoke at the Tyke Summit and you were talking about, hey, like guys, you've got to become more valuable. Like if you want to win in this new era of tech, AI, recession, mm -hmm. like if you're not becoming more valuable in some way, you're done. And you want to you go into that real quick? So it's very important and I've been obsessed and here's where this came from, Ryan. So this is an interesting story. I, I don't know if I've shared it. When I was in uh, a sales job and I was there from like 1920 to 25, 26, um, there was a certain amount of leaders and, and managers and, and division managers that were doing really well. They were the top 5%. And then there was the medium people that were just getting by. Then there was people that went broke and quit. And there was a restructuring of the company and a ton of people left. They got headhunted and a ton of people left to follow another company. And here's what I realized that was weird. And you've probably seen something like this. They all transferred to a different company because they thought the grass was greener. First of all, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. So mm. here's what I realized two years later with a lot of conversation, a lot of talking to different people who understood and knew the people that, that transferred. The people that were crushing it in that company previously, they were crushing it in this company. Mm. The people that were average in our previous company were still average. Uh. And the people that sucked still sucked. <laughs> and I realized, I'm like, wherever you are, you're there. Yeah. You're the constant. So it's like work on yourself. You work on yourself, the world's going to make room for you. You work on your gifts, you'll make money. The money will find you when you're good enough. And a lot of people are working so hard on external things. Like they're like, oh, the government, oh, the economy, oh, this, this, this. They're not working hard on themselves and they're not becoming more valuable. And what is money in our society? A reflection of value. Right. So someone that's broke could be like, dude, it's not fair. How is Ryan making millions? Because he's providing millions of value. He's providing value to the marketplace. Yeah. People just don't understand that. So, and here's, th there's a restructuring right now in our economy and the middle class before our eyes is literally getting wiped out. We're yeah. seeing it. It's yeah. like you're broke or you're rich. And, yeah. the, and, and the life for the 1% and the 5% is exceptional. It's amazing. Yeah. And I want to help people achieve that. And the life for the people struggling that watch the news all day that are stressed and in fear, it's getting more stressful and more stressful. There's only three types of people I think that are going to thrive the next 10 years. There's the, the high value uh, workers and the high value uh, creators. And that's people that are really good at technology. They're like the technology people, AI, blockchain, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Yeah. Then the, number two is the superstars and number three is the owners. So number two is the top 5% of every field. I don't care if you're in e-commerce. I don't care if you're doing Amazon. I don't care if you're doing real estate. I don't care if you're a comedian. I don't care if you're an actor. The top 5%, the best of the best will always crush it and make millions always. And the third is the owners access to capital or you have a lot of money or you understand how to move money and, and raise money. Right. Those are the only three people. So if you're exceptionally good at technology like AI and 
uh, blockchain and that kind of stuff, like really futuristic technology, which maybe you are, but I'm not. <laughs> but the second thing is if, if you are dabbling in the industry, you're going to make dabble money, right? So yeah. you have to go all in on what you think you're good at yep. and become the 5% or three. You better have access to a lot of money and that's it. Everyone else is going to be wiped out. Yeah. No, it sounds like the framework that um, I've been really talking about a lot lately, which is called a 3M framework I created. So it stands for make, manage, multiply. Okay. So step one is make. Okay. You need to figure out how to make 250 grand in one skill. <laughs> minimum. You know, minimum. Yeah. That's, that's how you conquer stage one. 250, one skill. And there's lots of skills you can do to your point, right? If you can go make 250 in a skill, you're in that top 5%. Like you're saying, you're a superstar, right? And you, you were a superstar at your job. You were making, you know, 400 grand doing your thing. And you were able to take that skill and go to stage two. Stage two is manage. How do I now take the skill that I've learned and start hiring other yep. people and building a company and managing and teaching my skill? Developing people, really. Yeah, teaching my skill to develop others who can do my skill for me, right? And you don't conquer stage two until you've meet, um, in my opinion, made over a million dollars, okay? And so once you figure out how to make over a million dollars in stage two, doesn't have to be in one year, but... Over time, if you've made a million dollars like running a company, then in my opinion, you can go to stage three, which is multiply. And that's when you can start, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about getting another stream of income. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm thinking about buying a bunch of rental properties. Hey, I'm thinking about now doubling down on my business and growing it tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, I just see so many people, they kind of jump to stage three from the beginning. They're like, dude, I need like lots of different businesses mm -hmm. and I need to buy a rental property today. And I'm like, bro, you're broke. Why, why do you need a rental property? <laughs> like you need to make money. You need a skill. 100%. So that it's kind of like what you just said. And it's, it's what you did. You, sure. you did make, you did manage and then you multiplied it. Oh, funny. Yeah. It's a process. And I, I put in my, I put in seven rules of seven figures, my, my newest book. Um, and it's still like, one person that changed my life was Kiyosaki just because yep. it, it almost is like it, he kills all your beliefs of how you grew up. Cause I grew up with the, with the poor man mentality, you know what I mean? And yeah. thinking people with money were bad. And it's funny. I'm, I'm realizing as I get older, it's like the, the axiism and the, and the thing that people say of oh, rich people are greedy. It's like, no, greedy people are greedy. <laughs> bad people are bad people. Yeah. Money is not emotional. It's not good or bad. Money is just here. It's a reflection of value. There's no emotional tie to it. You know what I say is that <laughs> money just amplifies who you are, yeah. right? Like, so if you're, like you said, you're, you're a generous person. When you get more money, you're just going to be more generous. For sure. If you're greedy, if you get more money, you're just more greedy. It's For not sure. like, you know, cause when people tell me, they're like, dude, yeah, once I make enough money, then I'll start giving. And it's like, no, no, it don't yeah, work like for that. For sure. It doesn't at all. hundred percent. It does amplify you. That's crazy. I enjoy like you rented out the, the Brie restaurant. I was asking you what the bill was. You're like, I don't even know. <laughs> we dropped nice, a nice little seven or eight grand on dinner. I'm excited and happy about that. Yeah. Cause you, you, you like giving people experiences. So, oh, we, we spent way more than seven or eight grand. But I mean, yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We did spend eight grand. Yeah. That was a smaller dinner. Yeah. So yeah, the Brio, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what like that was. You, you packed out that house. Um, yeah, yeah. But I like, but I like giving back and helping people and, and, and spending money on experiences. So I think this would be valuable for you guys watching because I've been in your shoes. I grew up in a small town. I had no inspiration around me. I've been stressed, struggling and broke. But when I started to build my influence and I started to interview uh, these millionaires and I've interviewed people like David Goggins and Tim Ferriss and Tim Grover and Kiyosaki three times and Grant and everybody. 
And I started realizing millionaires invest in four things and it's, it's to a T, Ryan. I have never met a millionaire that has not invested in these four things. Now we'll test this because I've never asked you this. We'll test if you've done these and okay. we'll see. All right. And be honest. All right. So the first thing everybody invests in that's a millionaire is back in themselves, whether it's in courses, whether it's in masterminds, mentors, back in their mentality and in their intellect, something to do to spark their mind and make them sharper. Yep. Two is they invest back in their business. Yep. Once they invest in themselves and they start understanding, oh my gosh, I have to grow a business. I have to become more valuable. I have to provide more value because a lot of people focus on profit maximization too fast without audience expansion. Audience expansion comes first. If you, if you can't increase your influence and you can't build an audience, you can't maximize profits, right? So once again, when you have an influence, that's when you can maximize profits. So the second thing is back in your business. And that's personnel, that's in branding, that's in marketing, that's in advertising. You had told me last time we interviewed in the other room that you spent 100, 100 grand on your on your podcast setup. Yep, yep. That's back in your business, Yep, right? Yep. And let me ask you this, have you made the money back pretty quickly from what you, exactly, so you already know that. So yep. it's, it's an investment. Yep. That's the second thing. Third thing is once you invest in yourself, and once you invest back in your business, then you start to invest in things that make your money work for you. Assets that make your money work for you. Collectibles, whether it's, uh, it could be exotic cars that you like. It could be watches. It could be artwork. It could be rentals. It could be short-term rentals. It could be Airbnbs. Something that's proven to make your money work for you. You have to have a filter system on what it is. You can't be one of these kids that spends 500 grand on a car and they're making 700 grand. Yeah. Like just stupid stuff like that. You got to be intelligent. But the third thing is assets that make your money work. You've done that multiple yep. times in the millions. Yep. And the fourth thing I've seen after they invest in themselves and they have assets that are producing money while they sleep, ideally you have the business that produces money while you sleep and the assets. That's right. the key. And the third is memorable experiences, mm. maximizing memorable experiences with people you care about. That is going to feed you with your family for a week. That mm -hmm. is flying first class or private to wherever you want to go to Colorado for a ski trip with your family. And I don't know about you, but when I invest in experiences that are like exceptional with my family, you're never like, man, I want to chill out. It makes you go harder. Mm. It makes you want to make another million. Yeah. We're talking, I was talking with uh, Michael Francis and his wife last night and we're planning a trip to Aspen. And every time you go to Aspen, that's the highest billionaire per capita in all the U.S. Mm. In terms of where billionaires live, Aspen's okay. the highest. Okay. When you go to Aspen, you leave like, I have to make more money. <laughs> I have to make like five more million, yeah. 10 more million. Right. So that's the four things. So you tell me if you've invested back in yourself, back in your business, back in assets and amazing experiences. Yeah, that's all I do. Most, I'm going to Cabo tomorrow. Broke people don't do that though. <laughs> right. They only invest in things that make them feel wealthy or make up for their insecurities. Uh, clothes. They always consume. They don't produce. Uh, it's like Netflix. It's clothes. It's, it, or they invest in the fourth thing, which is experiences, like going to sporting events with no money. Mm. They have no business. They don't invest in themselves. And they get in this vicious trap of spending and, and consuming when that's why you see comedians or a lot of comedians, a lot of actors, entrepreneurs, they're extremely wealthy. They have millions. And most people are broke. Right. Because they're watching them while the comedians are actually creating yep. content. So- that's a philosophy that I've, that I've lived by and it's worked well. So if I'm ever, ever in a rut, I'm like, okay, I'm not spending money on one of those things. Oh, I'm not spending money on myself. I'm not yeah. betting on myself or investing in myself. And then I just go through that process. And if, if people really do that, start step one, invest in yourself, bet on your, what else would you invest in? I know. Think about it. Besides yourself, it just, it frustrates me because they're like, ah, I'd well, rather spend two grand on a TV. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like even, okay, 
we we all know that buying the two grand TV or, you know, the car you don't need is not smart, right? Everyone knows that. But I even take it a step further where it's like, look, you got this money and if you're going to like you might be told that you're smart by putting it into the stock market or by even even buying a rental property, right? Like I'm the real estate guy. Like I want people to own real estate and buy rentals. But if you were to be like, Ryan, I have two choices. I can go take this money I saved and buy a rental property and then I'm broke again. Or I can go take this money and invest in myself. I'd be like, bro, invest in yourself no all brainer. day. Like sure. don't buy the rental property. You, you are your biggest asset. <laughs> you can make far more money than that rental property will ever make percent. if you have the right skills. What happens is your value changes and you become a, you almost become like a different animal because you value yourself. You move different when you value yourself. Would you yeah, agree? 100%. You just move different. So here's a, here's a funny story. So I, I might've said something about this, um, how I got my first speech booked. It was actually in Vegas. So it's kind of funny. I'm back in Vegas again, back in 2012 or 13, <clears throat> Grant took a liking to me. I, I promoted his book. I didn't have a lot of influence, but he saw I was I was a young hustler trying to make it. And one day his assistant calls uh, my um, assistant at the time and emails me and says, hey, Grant can't do this speech in Vegas. He wants to give it to you. It's like a sales speech to the sales team. I was like, hey, what? <laughs> He's like, Grant, they don't have Grant's budget, but they will pay 5K. And keep in mind, I'm acting tough. Like, okay, I'll do it for five. That was my first paid speech. Yeah. I never made 5K. Yeah. On a speech. So I was like, I was like super pumped and excited about it. And the fact that Grant gave that to me was I'll, I'll always remember that. So anyways, so I, I get the speech, but I feel like an imposter the whole time preparing. I'm nervous. I'm stressed out. I'm like, I don't think I deserve this 5k. I'm, I don't know if I could give the value that, that they want me to give all these second thoughts, all these doubts. I can't believe they chose me. Why would they choose me? There's probably so many other people I could be better. And I'm going through all these insecurities. Fast forward like four, four or five years, I get booked to speak at the Atlantis at the keynote as a keynote speaker. Got paid very, very probably 10, 10 times what that was. And they flew me first class. And if you've ever been first class on Emirates, you have like a shower. I, mm -hmm. I, it was like a 15 hour flight, bro. I didn't want to, I wanted to keep going. I was like, hey, keep flying. I want to <laughs> stay in this seat. But anyways, and my thought process changed from, I can't believe they paid me. I can't believe I'm getting 5K. Of course they paid me. Who the <laughs> hell else would they book? <laughs> no one could give a speech like this. I'm ready to crush it. I wasn't even that nervous because I was so prepared. I was speaking in front of princes and royalty and like the CEO of Emirates was there. It was like a 3,000 person event. It was That's wild. Crazy. How'd they and, find you? Uh, just online. That's crazy. Literally online. And they said, we wanted someone with young energy. And it was between me and Brian Tracy, they told me. Mm. But Brian Tracy was a little, I respect him, but he's older. Right. And they needed some young energy because everyone there is very, very tight and full suits. Yeah. And, and I kind of brought young energy. And I, I had a great time, but I thought later, like, why in the world was I so confident and I was so excited and I wasn't nervous. And I, I, I realized that the best person they could have booked was me. When 40 years later, I was like, I can't believe I'm getting paid 5K. It's because I put in the work. Yeah. I put in the work to become that person. Yeah. And a lot of people I think are trying to shortcut it and become speakers or life coaches or yeah. real estate big guys. Look, every day on Instagram, I'm the real estate coach. I have one property, but I'll help you get 10. You know what I mean? It's like there's Airbnb, there's Airbnb experts that have two Airbnbs. That 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 is true. So it's like, put the freaking work in. Put the work in. Now yeah. I turned down a speech last July uh, for 60K because it didn't match my family schedule. I'm like, I'm good. Wow. Because I have leverage. Wow. So the key is getting to a place where you have leverage and you can turn stuff down. Yeah. But you have to put in the work and people just, 
the the blood, sweat, and tears, like the early mornings. Yeah. You're already a multimillionaire. What time are you getting up in the morning? 4.30. There's broke people getting up at 7. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> That's true. It makes sense why you're successful. You follow around a millionaire. This is your thought. Makes sense. That makes sense. You follow yeah. around a broke person. Your thought is, makes sense. <laughs> it's true. So it's just like, I don't know, man. I'm just, we're having fun, but it's, it's wild. No. It's Everything not. like makes sense. Hey, if you're looking to grow your real estate investing business, whether you're just getting started trying to get your first deal or you're trying to scale and get to the next level, you need to join us at Wealthy Investor. We've got events every single quarter that are absolutely crazy. We've got online coaching programs where we have Zoom calls, a community every single week. We give you everything you need to know to start your business, scripts, processes, SOPs, all of it. It's for you so that you can dominate. So if you wanna learn more about how to join our community and be mentored by me and some of our top coaches and be around other students who are absolutely crushing it, Go to WealthyInvestor.com, apply for a free call with my team. Once again, WealthyInvestor.com, apply for a call today. You know, when you were telling me about um, just speeches, right? You know, I had you speak at my event and I had a lot of people telling me, they were like, dude, like Peter killed it. Like that, his was so good. Um, That was like my favorite one. And, you know, when we've done other things together, just to see your preparation for speaking, Mm -hmm. you know, even right now, we're about to hold a workshop for... Um, our NFT holders, and you're like, hey, so like, let's go over this. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I, you know, you should do, and everything else. And I'm very much the opposite. <laughs> Off the cuff, <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, when the time comes, the time comes. The word will be revealed to me. <laughs> but, like- but here's a good lesson, though. You can be like that because because it's in you. You're prepared, right? You're not gonna memorize. Like I don't memorize things. I now I just want a structure. Yeah, but I'm the same way in terms of if I if someone called me on stage tomorrow. You'll be fine. I'm fine because it's in me. Yeah. I'm not memorizing and thinking of what to say because it's experience-based. Yeah. It's not from a book. It's it's yeah. a book that I but, wrote. But even still, like your level of preparation. I'll take your compliment. Yeah, is, is <laughs> very good. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, just everything. Even with before my events, uh, this one, like you're always preparing for everything. So, and, and that's what rich people do, right? Rich people prepare and they put them in situation or they put themselves in situations where you know, they have the chance to prepare, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, to your point, if somebody who's broke has no opportunities to prepare for, because they just kind of like don't seek out opportunities, mm-hmm. they're not putting themselves in the right room, they're not, you know, putting in work, it's like, well, yeah. Makes sense. It makes sense. And they're the ones that are like, there's no opportunity. Yeah. And I've, I think there's more opportunity in the next 12 months to 24 months than there will be, than there was the last 50 years. Yeah. With AI, if you if you use ChatGPT, there's like five or six AI tools that our team's working on using. It's wild, the technology. Yeah. And you don't see it as like, it's going to replace me. See it as it's going to supercharge me. Oh yeah, that's how I sense. see it. That's a smart way to look at it. Don't think, don't be scared, embrace it. That's what I think, you know, that's what I thought about social media when I got on because I've always been the way I am. It's not like I've changed that much, um, as a person, I've always been driven and hardworking. I understood a lot of things. I was able to explain them very, you know, simply. But social media has obviously enhanced that message tremendously. Where now it's like, dude, you know, Ryan's this, and it's like I've always been yeah, this. It's not. Sure. It's just it's been enhanced. And so when you look at AI as a tool, and you're just like, man, this tool is about to enhance what I already do tremendously. It's not going to transform you. <laughs> like it's not going to make you different it's just like we talked about with money it amplifies you and it can't it can't think for you yeah it's still you yeah for sure like because you still have to put the inputs into it of like hey here's what i need from this this tool 
It's just not, in, I just feel like it's not intelligent to hate on something that's inevitable just because you don't understand it. Yeah. I almost think that's just, that. that's in our society right now, I feel like that's the lowest form of intelligence is just hating on things you don't understand. Oh yeah, 100%. It's just, you can't do that. It's like hating on the internet back in the 90s. It's like, you can't do it. <laughs> I just finished a five-day masterclass. First time ever doing it. Um, It was a lot of work. And yeah, dude. This is the most this week, honestly, I could probably say it's the most I've ever spoke in an entire week. Um, it's been a lot and I still got <laughs> podcast and we gotta go do this thing. So it's it's a lot of work. That's why I'm going to Cabo. But um during the master class, I said that, hey guys, I've yet like when you're hearing people tell you not to do something or this is a scam or that doesn't work, look at that person and their life. Okay. And just just say, like, what do I want to be like this person? Do they have something I want? Oh, they don't? Because most of them don't, right? Most people dismiss. They call things scams. Mm-hmm. They, they do whatever because they just don't even want to give it a chance. They don't yeah. want to put in the work, it's whatever easier. the case is, right? It's easier, right? But if you go talk to any rich person, to your point, and, you know, you'll never hear them say, oh, yeah, investing in yourself is a bad idea. Not one. You know? Getting a mentor is not is a bad idea, you know. Going to this event that's going to have high level people at it's a, that's a bad idea. You don't want to do that. It's just like no one ever says that for sure. It makes sense, and and it makes sense that they don't say that because that's how they grew. Yeah, is mentorship. Like Michael Jordan is the goat, one of the best ever. He had a coach. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like the best have coaches. Yeah. So Steve Jobs had a mentor. It's just like I just took the writing on the wall. I just saw. All successful people I knew got up earlier. They invested themselves. They talked to people playing the game at a higher level than them. They had routines. They focused on on building successful businesses that could scale. It's like, I just, when I was younger, I'm just like, I got to do what they do. Yeah. And I was younger in a town where there's no entrepreneurs and everyone worked nine to fives. Right. And everyone was fear-based. Uh, I, I remember in 2008 or nine, when that recession hit, I was starting out in sales <clears throat> and the recession hit. I, I remember thinking, Ryan, there's no more money to be made. My family's scared. Everyone's hoarding. They're like, I got to save my pennies. I got to save my money for a rainy day. Yeah. And I'm working 80 hours a week. At that point, I'm stressed thinking about throwing in the towel, giving up. Because I'm like, I'm starting a business and the recession's here. And I'm working 80 hours a week. I'm like, what am I doing? And someone someone asked me and they said, do you want to go to this small event? I didn't realize, but it was kind of like a mastermind. And I'll never forget. It was in Tacoma, Washington. And they said, do you want to go to this mastermind? And I literally go, I'm too busy. Yeah. But I was busy doing nothing. I was busy being broke. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I doing saying no to something that could help me while I'm working my ass off like a hamster hamster wheel or whatever, and I have no money. <laughs> so I have nothing to lose. Finally, I'm like, I'm going. I don't remember what happened at that event. I remember seeing a guy that I felt was successful. He was a younger guy. He was successful. I think he was close to the millionaire status or about the millionaire status. Had a nice car and he had a business he loved and he just seemed young and healthy. And he said something that I will never forget that changed my entire life. In the midst of the hour's talk, I didn't know anything else he said. I didn't, I didn't catch it, but one thing. He goes, you guys have to realize that when the economy is down and when there's a recession, the money doesn't disappear. It transfers hands. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, wait. My whole family and all my existence of people in my circle think it disappears. And then I realize how stupid that sounds. It doesn't disappear. Right. It just transfers hands to the people that 
understand supply and demand, understand economics and understand value. So I was like, from that moment, I'm like, I'm going to become the person of value and substance that the money comes to so I can then give back and help. But same thing now, there's a recession. The news is giving everyone fear and people that are in fear, at least in my past and people that I have been around, people in fear love to share fear with other people to make them feel better about living in fear. Yep. So everyone's in fear now, but they don't realize the money. There's a there's a huge transfer of wealth happening right now. Yep. And if if you give a million dollars to every single person in society, what's going to happen within a year? It goes right back up to the top. Yep. Every single time. Every time. So you watching understand? There's a lot of money to be made. There's billions transferring hands as we speak. So if it's it's. If you're broke, the first place to start is I'm broke. Yeah. Deal in reality. Right. Second place to start if you're older is I'm old and I'm broke <laughs> and you live in America. Yeah. So it's like, that's the mentality changed my life. Cause at that moment I was like, I can't make money because there's no money to be made because there's a recession. What a dumb mentality when I think about it. Mm. But now it's like, there's a lot of money to be made. It's mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. It's that abundant mindset. Right. How can you drop 50 K on a dinner? Cause you'll make it back. Yep. Yep. So it's just like, I could go on forever, man. I'm passionate about this stuff because <laughs> I want to help people see what's really possible if they actually put their mind to it and they get rid of all these limitations. Yeah. That's the only limitation people have are the ones they've placed on their mind or the ones their past has given them or their society. No, the, the reason I like talking to you and even bringing you on stage and, and on the show too is because a lot of things that I gravitate towards are very tactical because yeah. in my mind, I'm just like, I'm already assuming your mind's right. And I'm yeah. like, okay, hey, if you're listening, you're obviously a smart person. And so here's, you Steps. know, here are the things that you need to do now because your mindset's already right. But I forget that, you know, 90% of the world yeah. has not got there yet mm -hmm. mindset wise. And so they still live with all of these fears and false beliefs. And they're like, man, dude, you know, uh, the world hates me and I, this isn't fair because I was born this way yeah. or in this community or this skin color or, you know, it's like, look, I, I hate to break it to you, but yeah, everyone's born with certain advantages and disadvantages, right? Like, you know, some of you guys are going to be born in really rough situations and you're going to have to learn to overcome that. Some of you are going to be born spoon fed and that's also a problem, mm -hmm. right? You got to learn to overcome like not having to go through hard things, yep. you know, and then you do go through hard things and it's different. You know, some people are born uh, to become great public speakers. Some people are introverted. Some people have athletic talent. Some people are good looking. Some people are ugly. Yep. Like either way, we're all humans. Yep. And if you live in America, I don't care where you grew up. Okay. You have an opportunity that the rest of the world doesn't have. And so like we, we kind of get, I don't know, divided in America and all these excuses and everything else. And it's like, bro, it's entitlement and it's victim mentality. Yeah. yeah. Like I, there's lots of Asians who do well. There's lots of black people that do well. There's lots of white people that do well. There's lots of jacked up people of all those races too. Yeah. And it's just like what separates everyone. I think it goes back to your mindset yeah, for sure. And I always use the, the tool, like hold up your excuse to the light, hold it up. If there's never, if there's been a situation like yours and someone has succeeded, your excuse isn't valid. Yeah. And if you hold up your excuse, like, well, I grew up this, I don't have a dad. I grew up in like a really rough area. Um, all these bad things happened to me. If you hold it up and someone else grew up like you did and they're successful, your excuse isn't valid. 
Yeah. You have to check yourself. Yep. And sometimes the best thing you need is to hear things that you don't want to hear. Yeah. People calling you out in a sense. But you know what I'll say too is like, I think the the harder your life is, the more like admirable it is for- your story. You know, yeah, your, your story. And, you know, when things are easy, um, like, cool. Like, I'm glad you were successful. Like, sure. Every great story has that underdog. I agree. Yeah. And if you, if you have a rough past, I almost feel like you have an advantage because when you get past that, your story is going to be so much more inspiring. That's everyone, everyone has a book. Everyone's life is a book. And a lot of books people don't want to read because yeah. there's no triumph. There's no like getting through challenges. Yeah. It's just like a lot of times if someone has an addiction or something that has something that happens to them, it's tragic. That's like, they end there. Yep. It's like, dude, that's like part of the story. So yeah, yeah man, I, I think if we could get anything out, it's just <clears throat> understand how much potential and opportunity there really is. Yeah. If, if you get rid of all the noise yeah, and you just look inward and really reflect on what's possible and you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. Oh, a thousand percent. A, a saying that I've now come to like that I recently started doing is that uh, your purpose has to exceed the cost. And so yeah. in the end, if you're trying to accomplish something, if the purpose of why you're doing it doesn't exceed the actual cost of what it will take, you won't do it. Mm -hmm. Point blank, right? And so even for people who are trying to make more money, um, they might say, well, you know, I got to like, I want to go make six figures, right? And I always say like, okay, but why? Yeah. Why do you want to make six figures? And if they have a very good reason that's, you know, powerful, like, hey, I want to help my mom. I want to do this. I want to get out of here and, and whatever. And like they truly mean it, then they will overcome the cost of doing it. But if it's not, if they don't have a, a big enough purpose for it, right? You're like, yeah, well, I would like to, yeah. you know, Just sounds get good. out of here. Like, yeah. that'd be great. It's like, well, no, dude, you, you don't really want to get out of here you know? And mm -hmm. so you're not going to put in the, the work to 100%. actually make it happen. And right when the challenge happens, the challenge devours them. Yeah. Cause there's no reasons to pull them through. I agree. Yeah. I had strong reasons from my past. So that's, that's huge, man. Yeah. Reasons come first. I think results come second. I, I read an article in f either Forbes or fortune like three years ago. And it said the reason there's not more millionaires is people haven't, don't have enough reason to become one. Yeah. The purpose, their purpose doesn't <laughs> align with being a millionaire. Yeah. And it's true. It's like, you know, people are like, Ryan, I want to be a millionaire. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, why? And mm. you had to answer that question. And a million is not even what it used to be. No, no. I think the goal. If I looked at my, ta if, the, if the, I the only new, made the a, new millionaires got to be like five million. Five million. If I, if I looked at my thing, my tax return and it was like a million, I'd be like stressed out to the max. Like what's going on? Yeah. I need, I'm stressed out. I need scale. Yeah. And, and not that I'm bragging because I used to be dead broke, but a million is not what it used to be. Yeah. I think people need to be making a quarter mil no matter what minimum and then 500 and then get a baseline of a million a year. Yeah, we um and a million a year obviously it's very difficult to do. So I'm not like um I don't want you to think that we're just like talking easily of that. But if you're offended by that, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you, we're not no, saying nobody, it's easy. We're telling no. you to get there. Yeah, nobody should be offended by that. Um but I think where people don't realize is that 250, you know, I talked about make, manage, multiply, like 250 is the minimum. And mm -hmm. we broke that down during the masterclass this week where I was like, guys, let's just do an example. Okay. Let's just do an example of, Hey, if you make 10 K a month and you have kids and you're married, let's see how far it really goes. And I was like, all right, first thing, here's your taxes. Okay. They just ripped 30% from you. Okay? If you're lucky. Yeah. 
if you're not in Cali. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> the next thing is you have a mortgage or rent, right? That's your next biggest expense. You know, if you're making a hundred thousand, let's just say you're making twenty five hundred dollars a month in rent or mortgage, which is once again like not even a ton, yeah. but you already lost half your income at this point. And then you know, you got utilities, you got insurance. How much do kids cost? Groceries, kids. kids are a lot of money, right? Groceries, kids, phone, internet, internet, your car payment, right? What kind of car are you driving at a hundred thousand? You're probably yeah. driving like a decent car at least. I mean, you probably got, you know, maybe a five hundred dollar car payment at a minimum. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh yeah, I'm broke. Yeah. You you literally go through the whole thing and you have no money. Yeah. And in fact, you're probably in debt because you had no discretionary spending, but, but we as humans want to enjoy life. And so you go on that vacation, you put it on a credit card, you buy that laptop because you need it, you buy that TV, and all of a sudden you're in debt. Yep. And you're just like, yeah, 100000 10 grand a month does not give you anything. Yep. And you're for sure like not saving or going crazy. Now, you know, 10 grand a month when you're single and you got no kids and you just live in a $800 a month studio for sure, like you can do stuff. But for many people who have families, it's nothing. What if you have a wife that has an Amazon and a wine addiction like mine? <laughs> exactly. I can't even survive off 10, 20K a month. That's just what she spends on wine and Amazon. I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, for sure, man. People don't, if they actually really tracked what, what gets managed and what gets measured gets managed and you can actually improve on that. A lot of people don't manage their money. I know exactly where everything's going. Well, I have the right team for it. I don't do it, but I look at that all the time. Yep. 100%. I know what I know what we're spending on like Instacart and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, babe, we spent like six grand on Instacart last month. <laughs> but I'm like, it's fine. But uh kids, our kids are like bottomless pits. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> Eat nonstop. How old are your kids? Three and a half and one and a half. Yeah. Like almost mine two. Are two and four. Like they just literally They're little Tasmanian. They adults. don't stop eating. I know. Like they literally eat until they sleep. Like they wake up and they're like, give me some food. I know. And then we have dinner and then they're like, all right, it's snack time now. Like, how do you guys just eat nonstop? And they don't gain weight because they're like always going and they have so yeah. much metabolism. Yeah, it's crazy. Dude. I love, I would not trade it for the world, man. Yeah. I love having little kids. Yep. We're going to have another one, maybe two. It's up to me. I'd have like four more, but it's not up to me. Really. <laughs> it's not up to you. <laughs> I'm not pushing them out. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I talked to, or well, I did that exercise and showed them. I'm like, guys, like 10 grand a month ain't it, right? No. It's a good, it's a good like benchmark and starting point. Like once you get 10K, but you can't do much. No. You can't even do much with 15 or 20K. Yeah. I think but, starting is like 20K. You should start to have a little bit of a lifestyle. Well, and that's what I said. I go, here's what it looks like at 20K a month. And we broke it down. I'm like, you could start saving. Yeah. You can you know, donate, you can invest, you can, invest, yeah. you, can you know, and like you could still go on a vacation and enjoy life. And like 20 K is really where, Hey, you can really start yeah. being pretty good. Um, yeah, I was doing mine. Yeah. My lifestyle expenses are pretty, pretty crazy now, but the money's coming in to yeah. where it doesn't make a difference. There, there's a thing. And I don't know if you talk about it in one of your books, but like, you know, a, a typical, way that I've always learned for most people is like, Hey, you give 10%, you save 10% and you live off 80. Right. And then you like figure out, man, like really wealthy people do the opposite. They, you know, live off 10%, they can give and save however much else beyond that. Like they just depending on what it is they do or, you know, give, save, invest, whatever the case is. And it's like, yeah, you know, my lifestyle has 
increased as my income has increased, but I've always kind of maintained that margin where it's like, yeah, I probably live off of 10% or less of my income. The margin stays the same in terms of if you make an extra blank, it's not like your lifestyle goes way overboard. So your margin changes, your margin stays the same. I'm the same way. And I have friends that some of them people know of, they're they're well off and they're, some of them are pretty big in the, in the, the space and they're just really bad with money. Yeah. If they make another 200K, they buy a, a house that they pay 10K more a month on their mortgage. Yeah. That's not smart. Yeah. So you got to have a good money mindset, man. Yeah. For 100%. Sure. So what do you think about um, just everyone who's trying to make that <clears throat> leap, dude? What, what's the best way for them to get to 250? I mean, you want to get around. So how I made my first 250 from being broke, my book is called Six Months to Six Figures. And I actually made six mo- uh, six figures in five months but that wasn't an exciting book title um, was I just got around people making six figures. So I was around people making half a million dollars. That's what helped me get to one, two, 300 K. So if you want to make your first quarter million, get around people that are already making half a million or a million, mm-hmm. they will cut your learning curve in half. They'll speed up the process. You could not even be smart and still make a quarter million because you're listening and respecting and talking to people that already make a million. How could you not make a million? If you want to be a millionaire, talk to millionaires. Yeah. You hang out with five intelligent people. You're the sixth period. You hang out with five broke people. You're the sixth. (laughs) Hang out with five idiots. (laughs) Who are you? Yeah. But, but that's just the reality. So that's what I'd tell them. Get around other people because the biggest breakthrough I've ever had. One of them is you don't have to figure it out when you have the right network. You don't want to know what's interesting too. I want to just say this because some people might be like, well, how the heck am I going to go hang with millionaires? Because why would they want to hang out with me? Right. I personally, so like, this is something I've struggled with because, um, Mindy and I, we still have like lots of friends who definitely don't, they're not rich. Right. But they're great people and great morals. And so we have commonality that way, just not financially. Right. And, you know, I'll I'll go to like events and things like kids, birthday parties and, you know, stuff like that. Right. And I'll talk to people and I'm just like, dude, I have like nothing in common with you to talk about. Like, yeah, we have kids, but you know, just like the conversations Mm -hmm. are so different. Right. And, and it's because like the person I'm talking to, it's not that they're a bad person. They just have a totally different mentality than what I do. Right. But what I will say is even though they, they may not be, you know, kind of like in the same mindset financially, there are people who they come to my events and, and everything else, and they might make the same exact amount of money as that other person, but they have a totally different mindset. They're hungry. They're hungry. Mm-hmm. They haven't made it yet, but they're working and they're trying to make it. And I love talking to those people. I'm like, bro, like, let me help you out. Like, I can see it. We, we are of the same mentality, yep. even though your results have not caught yep. up yet to your mentality. Those are the people you want to help. Yeah. The conversation really is different when you're talking to people that are hungry, that are, that are winning. It's just yeah. like, yeah. well, and that's why, and I can even tell, you know, that there are people who will like, will do, um, you know, like I saw some of them at, you know, this, uh, masterclass we did where you could just tell they had the wrong mindset yeah. and I was trying my best to like help them see, but I'm just like, yeah, I mean, there's like nothing I can really do for that person. Like, as if everything is always defensive and like, oh, well, what about this and that? And then like, there's no way I could do this. And you're just like, dude, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. Like, you just say you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's my response. You're right. You're totally right, dude. <laughs> but then you have people who, like I said, they're not there yet, but their, men- their mentality's right. And they're like, hey, I get it. Yeah. And I'm hungry and I want to make this happen. And it seems like those are your listeners. Yeah. 
which is why I love doing these kind of things. Cause they're like, they're, they're probably sitting there right now on YouTube, taking notes, like hungry, ready to go. Yep. And there's probably one person like, ah, this won't work. It's like, okay, that's fine. But if you catch both those people in five years and the one that said it won't work is still broke. And the one that has been watching hungry with notes is a millionaire. It's like, makes sense. Yeah. That's the common theme of this talk. Everything makes sense. When you actually study stuff, it makes sense. <laughs> it just makes I, sense why, why society is stressed out. Yeah. They spend all their time watching the news versus watching Ryan Pineda videos. There you go. You know what I mean? Just watch Ryan Pineda videos yeah. and you'll be good. For sure. <laughs> well, bro, we got to get to this workshop, man. I appreciate you for coming back on, man. It's always good. I'm excited to see some things we do together, dude. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, let's, let's get to it, guys. All There's right. a lot of success to be had. There is. And it makes sense, guys. Makes I'll sense. see you on the next episode. Peace. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Thanks for making it to the end. The good news is I've got another one that I know you're going to like. And all you got to do is click it right here. Linking it right here. All you got to do is just click it. And you're going to see this new episode that you're going to love.